Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. The Breakfast Brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. We're going to take a look at some headlines investors will be paying attention to this morning. And the discussion this morning has been surrounding, well, not speculation, but some signs that there may be some easing of COVID policies in China. And particularly, we saw over the weekend, Shanghai and Hangzhou. Yeah, this has been playing out the entire of last week, all these signs, and it is getting clearer now with that shift towards a potential reopening in China. So what we have right now is the latest Shanghai and Hangzhou easing some of the COVID restrictions that have been there for quite some time. And of course, you might remember last weekend, the previous weekend, we had those protests spilling out into the streets and those clashes with the population and the police officers. Yeah. So that has now transpired to where we are right now, the easing of restrictions. So some people have been saying, hey, maybe it's linked, but maybe it's not. So this is where we are right now. And according to authorities, they feel comfortable enough to start adjusting or dialing back on those measures. And it's worth noting, Shanghai is also dialing back because this was where we had the very grueling two-month lockdown earlier in the year. You might remember it was supposed to last just a few days and then it lasted a few weeks. So it is something that we'll see Shanghai scrapping things like the PCR testing requirements to enter outdoor public venues. So this will mean also public transport. You don't have to take any tests. So it's... I think a relief for many of them. We got it lucky. Imagine if we had to take PCR just to take the bus. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I would probably just walk. PCR. Oh, yeah. I would cycle. Or cycle. Okay. What are the restrictions are being lifted? What do we know mm. of? I mean, you mentioned the public places, the public transport. Uh, anything else or yep. perhaps any reaction? So, you're th- talking about pretty much everyday life. People going about, you know, going shopping and working as well. So, this okay. is going to be good news for those who have to go to factories, for example. You might remember... We had some cases where outbreaks were happening and factories had to shut down yeah, or yeah. just go into a bit of a bubble. So in Hangzhou, which is notably where we have a lot of factories, including those for the tech giants, including Alibaba has headquarters there as well. They will drop testing requirements mm. for entry into many places and this I think will be a lift for the activities there and also tests will not be required to purchase medicines for for example so you've got a lot being dialed back and okay. some people are saying hey this may be the transition that they were hoping for that we might see a reopening in the first quarter of 2023. So Shanghai mm-hmm. and Hangzhou join other cities already easing up and they include Beijing, Shenzhen and Guangzhou amongst others. Safe to say we're getting a proper market reaction because this isn't based on rumours. We're actually seeing these restrictions being lifted. Yeah, so you are seeing a lot of reports coming out. For example, test centres, the number of them being cut back. So I think people are just seeing, hey, this is a real sign that they can just, uh, I guess, embrace. And if you look at the markets, that's what they are embracing. Mm. In the past few weeks, already these signs playing out 
markets have been rallying in China and also in Hong Kong. So if you look at the Hang Seng China Enterprises Index, that is up 29% in November. That is pretty much its best month in, let me count, I believe it's 17 years. So this is where we ask a huge monthly gain for many Chinese stocks. Mm. So mainly driven by the likes of, as you expect, casinos, airlines, restaurant operators, and many other... uh, reopening type of beneficiaries. So that's what we can expect perhaps today as we see more clearer signs of that potentially happening. All right. I know this is a topic uh, you're going to be discussing on the bigger picture at 8.35. Your guest, Pan Jingyi, Economics Associate Director, IHS Market. But first, give us the background behind OPEC Plus's latest measures, their their latest Mm. statement in that sense. Yeah, so we usually have these routine Meetings where the OPEC plus producer countries just meet up to talk shop, you know, how much you need to make or in terms of um, output to mm. the, to, kind of, to influence prices. Okay. So going into the meeting, there was quite a bit of expectation that they might look at cuts to their production. So cutting the supply to support prices, which have been moderating somewhat in the past few weeks and months because of all the concern around how demand might drop off soon because of all these recessionary talks and what's been playing out elsewhere. So that's something that we were going into the weekend with, that OPEC Plus might cut deeper than expected. They already cut 2 million barrels in their previous meeting, so we were looking up, maybe they'll do more. But with what's been happening in China things, turning around maybe in time to come, they are deciding there is so much volatility and uncertainty, they will just do status quo. So no changes to their trajectory with the 2 million barrels per day cut that they agreed in the last gathering. So this is where we are right now. You've got a bit of a bright spot in China being offset by the recessionary pressures elsewhere. So that's what we are looking at as they head into the next meeting in February. So it gives them a bit of wiggle room. Maybe they might decide next meeting in two months' time to change the production output. Mm. Also, you can't rule out in the lead-up to February's meeting. They might also call an emergency meeting. So this is something to keep track of. And of course, made more complicated by what's happening between Ukraine and Russia. A lot of talk about how Russian oil needs to be sanctioned. Yeah, And of course, the argument that you put a price cap on oil, it might have market implications. Yeah, so OPEC Plus also had to deal with that price cap that was decided last Friday and finalized over the weekend. So the EU today will ban most seaborne imports of Russian crude. Mm, so mm-hmm. this is something they've been talking about in the past few weeks and months. Finally, it has come to today, the date where it will kick off. So anyone who wants to buy Russian oil cannot get shipping or insurance services for it. So it's just going to be logistically tougher to do and also bear in mind Russian oil that price of $60 where it is right now is just slightly above 50 so the price cap is still comfortably above current prices of Russian oil so it's differently priced from WTI and brand crude which is around $80 plus right now so that's something to keep in mind as you also try to figure out how these price caps will work in real life because anyone can buy oil if you've got the money yeah, what a start to Monday, huh? Right, returns at 7.35 for the finance update. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.